This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is North, 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 North South. North South. Hey everybody, it's Tim Kawakami here, North and South. Semi-emergency episode, I think, Dylan. Uh, we've been the Otani show for the beginnings of this show, but uh, now we slide over to the Jim Harbaugh show, which is not a terrible thing to talk about. Uh, we've been kind of prepping everybody for this, bracing for this. Now the Chargers have officially hired Jim Harbaugh as their head coach. Dylan Hernandez is my hero from the LA Times. Uh, okay, it happened. Jim Harbaugh is now the Chargers coach. I guess a press conference Monday. That ought to be pretty fun to, to, to be amid. Uh, just your initial thoughts, just the way L.A. is taking this. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I never saw like a reason why they, it wouldn't happen from the Chargers side. Again, they're, I think they've understood that this isn't San Diego. Uh, you know, even though these things might not be a huge deal, the fact that they like fired Anthony Lynn with time left on his contract, right? The fact that they let go of Brandon Staley with time left on his contract, again, is kind of a departure from the way they used to operate down in San Diego. Obviously, they're opening this new El Segundo training facility, right? So they'll be moving up from Costa Mesa, being kind of closer to, you know, L.A., obviously really, you know, almost down the street from their SoFi Stadium now. Um, you know, so you kind of do see they've, they've, they've at least played the part of being L.A. owners. And, you know, this thing has just kind of gotten to a point where, obviously, you know, with the – with a quarterback and the, you know, the talent around the quarterback. Uh, this is a franchise that's had a lot of expectations. It's fallen short of them, uh, you know, and I think was from like a reputation standpoint, again, the, the narrative, right, of this being like a cursed franchise and kind of followed him up from San Diego now. And I think that they, you know, uh, part of the, I think, move of, you know, coming up here was they wanted to kind of, the owners, Hispanos just wanted to, you know, have a new chapter in this franchise's history, kind of changed the story, changed the way they're perceived. Uh, and they kind of went out and did the one thing I think that was, you know, the most obvious thing. Obviously, we've been talking about this for more than a month now, probably, right? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, even during the season. season we yeah, during the season, for sure. Yeah, so, that is, yeah, that is the obvious spot. Yeah. yeah, sometimes, right, the, the obvious answer is the right answer. And I think that, you know, there is a little bit, you know, it, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, L.A., obviously, there are just so many teams and you have these all these savior coaches coming in. And, you know, kind of the last thing that was even close to this in magnitude was maybe like Chip Kelly getting hired by UCLA, right? In terms of, OK, this is kind of like an unprecedented thing. But, you know, Chip Kelly kind of came off that NFL stint that was right where the success was mixed, uh, to say the least. And. You know, whereas this guy, I don't really see any kind of right. And maybe, you know, another guy is maybe like a guy like Andy Enfield, you know, and right. And it turned out like Nick Cronin of all guys. I know it hasn't gone well this year, but you kind of look at the coaches that have come in, you know, Cronin, who was kind of the fourth choice. Right. It was kind of like the Pete Carroll situation, you know, mm -hmm. they couldn't get the guys they really wanted. They settled for the guy. And that was the guy that wound up turning successful. So, you know, there is this kind of thing of like, I think, in the city where, you know, okay, just because you kind of bring in the big name. Uh, it's not going to kind of guarantee things. I think my guess is that the majority of people in LA 
are still, while Charger fans are very excited, the majority of people in LA are probably looking at this like, okay, let's still kind of wait and see here. Uh, you know, so in, in some kind of weird way, if there was any way for Jim Harbaugh to come into a big market kind of quietly and be in a position almost to weirdly surprise people, this is kind of it, right? Because I just think that there's so much over the years, you know, I mean, this is the, I mean, Tim, you worked here. This is the land of fool's gold, right? And perception and, you know, just a bunch of bullshit, frankly, uh, right? And, you know, kind of the guys who are real deals, we kind of figure that out over time, right? I think, you know, you know, right, guys like Clayton Kershaw, right, who kind of over time, you it's, okay, this wasn't just hype, you know? I think Sean McVay is probably getting to that point. You know, there's yeah, certain people, yeah. yeah, you know? Um, but I do think this market kind of views a lot of times like people with some certain degree of suspicion, just kind of, okay, we've heard this before, you know? Um, you know, we've, right, we've read the Plaschke column, you know, praising the move before, and, you know, a lot of times it just doesn't work out. So, um, yeah, again, if there is, in, in, if there's any kind of universe in which somebody like Jim Harbaugh could walk into a major market and kind of almost ki kind of come in a little bit quietly, this is kind of it. I mean, I, I really think that everything's kind of set up for him to kind of do well here, right? Um, your thoughts? He's not going to be quiet, Dylan. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah, he's not gonna be quiet. <laughs> you know, that that's I understand what you're saying. I appreciate it. You're right. It's it's not like he's walking into the Dallas Cowboys job or the New England Patriots job after Belichick or even the 49ers when he started uh, up here. Although, you know, there's some similarities, but where you're the team, that's it. The all focus is on that team. There's no conversation except for that team when that team's playing. But Jim Harbaugh will make it so. <laughs> it's just like this is he can't help it. I don't I don't think it's necessarily intentional. It's just a natural effect of his thing, his his personality, his, you know, hurricane force of nature kind of like activity level. He will jump in there and remember like he gets the Michigan job and he's like you know, recruiting players by staying over their house and he's holding all these satellite camps across the country and I think one of them was in Europe. Uh, he, he's very creative that way. It's not just for PR. It's not just for attention, but it's also not running away from attention. And I think he will see the charger situation as something that needs some shaking up that needs like, yeah, you know, if you're happy to be the second citizen, you're always going to be the second citizen. You know, the chargers are likely not going to surpass the, the Rams you know, or, you know, certainly not the Dodgers or SC football or all the Lakers. And we know all these things that have priority in LA. But what Harbaugh is going to say is like, we're, we're not lingering in this. We're, we're not enjoying this. Uh, we're going to, you know, just shove ourselves to the front of the line and see what, how it takes. Um, and sometimes I could get bumpy and something, but you can't fear it. I think, you know, I've gone over and over this with you, Dylan, and maybe some other places. You just can't fear this stuff. And Harbaugh's whole thing is not to fear anything. And that includes ownership and general managers and all the, you know, opponent coaches, uh, Take maybe sometimes he draws a bead on some of the coaches. I don't know that he's done that. You know, he did it at Ohio State. He did it at Urban Meyer for sure. He did it to Ryan Day. Like he he does that. He he kind of drew a line uh, when he was starting with the 49ers on Pete Carroll because he did that when Carroll was at SC and, and Harbaugh was at Stanford. I'll be very curious to see what happens with him and uh, Sean McVay. You know, they're not going to play each other all the time, but they're in the same city. Big personalities. Uh, the you know the AFC West now has Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh, which is going to be very interesting. Uh, if I'm the Raiders and Antonio Pierce, maybe he's a good coach. Maybe this is not such a great situation for him. We shall see. But 
what Harbaugh does is like, I don't like all, all these things about not getting exposed or not getting criticized or not putting yourself, that's gone. Like we're going to be out there. We're going to draw it to ourselves. And because unless you draw it to yourselves, you can't beat it. You can't get through this wall unless you try to run through the wall. You can't try to dance around it. And he'll do that. Uh, he'll do that from the first, I mean, he's already done that. Uh, you know, ESPN now is, you know, attuned to the chargers and in a way that it probably hadn't been before. I would imagine the LA media is attuned to the Chargers in a way that might not be for. We'll see that, you know, if the pressure is Monday, that'll be a very big deal. Uh, it would have been hilarious if the pressure was uh, tomorrow because I'm actually going to be in LA tomorrow and mm -hmm. I might have stopped by that. That would have been hilarious. Uh, I imagine I'll stop by and see Jim at some point. Uh, we go way back. Uh, and uh, I'm interested in the thing. And I think it's gen generally a good template for everyone else around, even if it's not specifically in LA. The, the cameras are going to be on on the chargers now be ready for the, ready for your close-up chargers and uh you know whether that's uh you know hard knocks i don't know hardball has intended like that kind of thing but there'll be stuff like that going on uh but it won't be the kind of the brandon staley fake yippity thing which i did not as i've said i did not like that i thought it was kind of a pose Harbaugh ain't posing for anything he does his thing and if you like it, you like it. You don't like it, you don't like it. Uh, it's going to be moving towards a certain thing. And I think of all the franchises that we've seen, sort of like the 49ers, I think when he took them over in 2010, like 2011, I guess it was. Actually, it was, it was late 2010, early 2011. It's like got some talent, kind of, kind of messing around, kind of doing the PR thing, kind of like, hey, it's better if we kind of look like this and let's not act like this. That, that Harbaugh kicks that door down and – it gets bumpy sometimes, but if you're confident in yourself, if you're confident in who you are, it's not that bumpy. It's the people who aren't that confident who tend to think, you know what? There might be an easier way than this. Usually easy leads to losses and hard leads to wins. So we'll see that with Harbaugh. I think um, he won't like an atmosphere where, you know, the road team has more fans in the stadium. We'll see if that changes at all. He won't like someone, you know, second class citizen in that stadium. Uh, but that's why he was hired to try to change all that. So I think, um, you know, there's, it's uphill with the chargers for a lot of reasons. We saw, we've seen many coaches can't get past it, but man, Justin, Her he, I've always said this. I've heard this, you know, since he left the NFL to go to Michigan, when he comes back to the NFL and I always knew there was going to be a win nine years is a long time, but that took him that long to win a national title. When he comes back to the NFL, it's going to be with a quarterback. That's not going to be a question. He's going to have either a path to a quarterback, first, second, third pick, or he's going to have a quarterback on hand. And you cannot inherit a quarterback who has more things to prove at a younger age uh, with more talent than, than Justin Herbert. Maybe Josh Allen, maybe, but that job's not open, and that's in Buffalo, and this one's in L.A., and it's Justin Herbert. Um, certainly, this might not be guaranteed to be a success, but it's as big a win as you can, uh, I think, you know, South, you know, not, you know, other than hiring, say, Bill Belichick, and he's nine years older than Harbaugh, right? You know, there's there's reasons why maybe he's not getting the attention you think he should have as the greatest coach in NFL history. Harbaugh is just a, a, an injection of, you know, adrenaline. And I think that usually is good things for an NFL franchise. Yeah, I mean, he if, if he can get talked to, that's the thing, right? And I think that that was one of the reasons they got him is that he makes them somebody that you're going to have to pay attention to, right? And when you kind of, I do think, go from like, you know, it doesn't matter like what you do. People are kind of ignoring it, right? As good as Justin Herbert's been, he's kind of, 
again, it's kind of like Mike Trout in Anaheim almost, right? It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, they got yep. this good player there, but just we don't really pay attention. You know, but that's the thing, right? If all of a sudden you can kind of draw attention, all of a sudden now start, people start noticing, like, it's almost like this is going to be like an introduction, right? It's going to LA is going to be introduced to the Chargers. <laughs> to the Chargers seven years, seven years yeah, later. Seven years. But this is the thing. But that's why you needed a guy like this, right? And that's why you need a guy with that type of personality, you know. And I think the the contrast between him and McVeigh is going to be, you know, because McVeigh is all about good vibes and you know, I want everybody to be as comfortable as possible, uh, right? And especially as time has gone on, like McVeigh has gotten funnier and funnier, you know. Um, right. Every time he's addressing the media, I mean, he's cracking jokes. It's very kind of light, you know? Um, and even when it gets a little bit tense or their questions, you know, he doesn't like say like the Jared Goff stuff, like he never makes it uncomfortable, you know? So again, I think there's going to be kind of this like natural, uh, you know, juxtaposition between the two guys. Um, I know you're not a big soccer guy, but you know, in Spain for a while, right. When we had Guardiola and Mourinho coaching both in that league, uh, that became like its own thing, right? Um, and so I, I agree with that. I think it's going to be uh, that part's going to be fascinating. They got some roster issues, <laughs> you know. Oh, no, they, right got, now, they got yeah, they got some they payroll got issues, right? Issues. Yeah, I mean they restructured a bunch of deals last year. The, the the funny thing about this is that last year was kind of their all in year, right? They restructured a bunch of contracts to keep that team together, and it didn't work. And I think now they're like forty plus million projected to be over the cap. They're going to have to make some moves, bunch of free agents, uh, you know, and now the one thing that's still right. Um, Herbert's cap number, I believe is around like 19 million this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's going to like double the year after. Right. I mean, I know, you know, down the road, you can restructure these things, but it starts escalating pretty aggressively from then on. Right. I think it's going to go to jump to like 46 and then a 50 something the year after that. So, um, you know, they do have that still, right, the affordable quarterback. So that gives them like some wiggle room, but they're going to have to make some moves here. You know, I think, you know, both like Keenan uh, Allen, Mike Williams, you know, do you bring those guys back? Um, you know, Eckler. so there's going to, yeah, yeah, Eckler. I mean, Eckler's a, I think he's an unrestricted free agent, right? So yeah. Yeah. they got yeah. some, they got some major, major decisions to make here. You know, uh, even stretching on the defensive side, you know, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa. Right. The two big contract numbers there. Obviously, Mac was a big, you know, that was a Brandon Staley guy. Staley specifically said, I want this guy. So it'll be kind of interesting to see. How, how do you see, you know, I guess well, we'll the see, hard, we got to see, kind of yeah, no, we gotta see the next steps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who's the general manager going to be? And yeah. I don't, you know, he he accepted the 49ers interim GM when he came in as Trent Balky. They kind of met, you know, kind of had a quick date and, and decided they like each other. They see football the same, which I think I agree. They just, had weird personalities and uh, it didn't work after a couple of years. It didn't even was, was kind of strained when they were going to the Super Bowl. So I was surprised at the time, you know, Harbaugh's had a pretty, you know, a, a lot of juice going to that one coming off of Stanford. Other teams wanting to hire me did not demand personnel control. Uh, I don't know that he will have daily personnel control with the chargers, but I just can't imagine that the GM is going to be above him uh, or, or in any way can supersede him. I can't imagine. So let's see who they bring in the gym. Uh, Brandon Brown is a name. Uh, it's assistant GM with the giants. I don't know that there's any previous Harbaugh connections. It's hard to tell sometimes with Jim who he's connected to, who he knows. I imagine it'll be very similar to the Sean Payton situation. Don Yee, the agent, negotiated the Sean Payton deal with the Broncos. He's the number one voice. The general manager essentially has to doesn't report to him, but he can't do anything that Sean Payton doesn't want. 
Uh, Kyle Shanahan is the same thing with the 49ers. He and John Lynch work together. John Lynch does most of the personnel. He just can't do anything that Kyle Shanahan disagrees with. You just said the coach is the one making that call at the end. They don't want to do with all the contracts, right? They don't want to do every single, you know, practice squad player and all that stuff. But I would be shocked if Jim doesn't have some sort of like, I have final say at the end of the day. Uh, I will bring in a partner with me. So we'll see with that. Maybe it's Brandon Brown. Maybe it's somebody else. I mentioned Tom Gambles has been an executive that's been with Harbaugh at a couple places, including uh, two stints at Michigan. I don't know that he's going to be general manager, but I could see him having some kind of uh, important role. So we'll see what their vision over the roster is. So who's his defensive coordinator? You know, Vic Fangio was probably was going to be his – defensive coordinator with the, with the Vikings two years if he got that ago if he got that job now Fancho working for Miami then then now leaves Miami for the Eagles so that's out but uh, maybe his guy uh I forget his name now with the uh, just first year defensive coordinator with Michigan obviously was great I can see I think he's got some NFL background I can see him coming with Harbaugh offensive coordinator I don't know you know there's some people that you know that ties to him Again, he's interesting. You never know with him who he's got ties with. It's very can be mysterious, and you know he's not close to a lot of coaches. Of his brother John, he does lean on for some advice on coaching, uh, on hires. But uh, you know he also like attracts these good coaches who don't know him very well because he lets them coach. He didn't know Vic Fangio very well when he hired him at Stanford. Fangio was an NFL coordinator. And he goes to Stanford and is there for a couple of year or two. And then boom, he's with them and with the 49ers. Again, not buddies, but respected the hell out of Harbaugh and liked coaching for him and would have been with him in Minnesota, as I said, a couple of years ago. We'll see. Um, I you know what you know, what schemes are they gonna run? Uh I, I would imagine some of the players you mentioned will not be with the with the Chargers next season. You know, these these big cap numbers. 30-something-year-old players. I'm not saying that's a Harbaugh thing to get rid of them. I'm just saying this is a, that's the time when you do turn the page on a lot of things. Uh, you know, There's some huge cap numbers there. Don't know how they're going to bring it all down. I mean, it's a little different personality than, than uh, Sean Payton, but we saw what Payton did with Russell Wilson, You know, basically in the middle of a year. Um, there could be some of that with Harbaugh. Um, but I think he likes the roster. I do think I mean, it's a pretty good roster. You know, again, there's some aging players. Uh, there's some talent there. He's not going to want to like redo it. He's 62 years old, just won a national championship. He's not going to want to coach a five and 12 team, you know, for a couple of years. Uh, it might end up that way for a year, but he's not going to want to. And I don't think with Justin Herbert, I think you're going, I don't think you're going to either. Um, we'll have to see. We'll see. You know, the general manager is going to be really key because they kind of got screwed up with the 49ers. Uh, he didn't go for the personality fit. He's going to have to have a personality fit. You need a buffer. You might need two buffers. And as I say this, and people will talk about how hard he is to deal with. He's hard to deal with, but he's not harder to deal with than Bill Parcells was like, or Bill Palachek. Like You just have to have a certain layers there that when he blows up, it blows up with his liaison, not blows up with the general manager or blows up with the, head, with the owner. Um, all coaches do that. Kyle Shanahan does it. I'm sure McVay does it at times. Just have to have kind of the structure in place where the, the cool down can be with someone else. Uh, that's where Tom Gamble was such an important figure uh, with Harbaugh at the four nights. So I just can't imagine though, you know, you're, you're the head coach in Michigan. Is there anybody above you making football decisions in Michigan? Hell no. You're the general manager. You're the owner. You're the coach. You're the, and I think he will want some similar set of responsibilities uh, with the chargers. I can't, you know, they negotiated, 
for what a couple days, right? I mean, this was thought to be, be happening, and then it didn't happen for like half a day at least. I'm sure it was over that kind of stuff. And who who are your who's going to be in place around you, and will they budget? The money it's going to take to get these guys. I heard like a strength coach in Michigan. He wants to take them to to the Chargers to kind of you know set the culture. The culture, you know, those guys cost a million dollars or more. Like those things, he's going to be in charge of all that stuff. There won't be a general manager telling him, "No, we're going not going to hire that strength coach." That ain't happening. He's going to set his staff together. But we have to see it. We have to see it happening. It'll be very. It'll be big clues uh, to how this is going to be headed when we see who the general manager is, who the personnel staff, offensive coordinator, you know, all, all those things are going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. And, you know, right. You always see smart people, like you kind of mentioned, right. Attract smart people, you know, and kind of the, the one when McVay came in, kind of the sweeping change that you saw was just the people around him. Right. And it was a lot of younger guys. We've seen the number of guys that have gone on to get, you know, head coaching positions elsewhere. Obviously Raheem Morris now has kind of put himself back in that type of conversation you know, having worked with McVeigh now, uh, I kind of expect kind of the same thing here, right? I mean, it was it wasn't any different, right? When you when you were running the athletic, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. In the Bay Area, no, seriously, right? Like yeah. you know who to get, you know, um, right? Because you know, and you're I, yeah, you were successful, yeah. yeah you know, yeah, I have no idea why you called me to do this, but you know, <laughs> otherwise, listen, I fail once in a while. Sometimes yeah, I miss. Sometimes every, I miss. Yeah, you know, but yeah, you see, no, you know, and that's. That's gonna, and that's kind of what you know. When when you talk about like culture change and stuff, obviously there is kind of the energy that the coach brings, but it's also I think a lot in the in the people that you you know that they surround themselves with, obviously, and kind of the knowledge that they bring in, you know, um, just because again, yeah, with Staley, you kind of just saw gaps, right? You saw the you know, um, I think kind of the you know his lack of connections in the NFL, probably like you know it, you saw that on the staff, you know, and. Now you could argue, you know, there's some, you know, maybe some personality stuff, maybe some insecurities that, you know, maybe kept them from reaching out to certain types of people, whatever. But um, yeah, I think this, this is going to be, you know, and again, right. Like, kind of like you said, I'm sure that was something that he, you know, that he negotiated or I can't imagine he's going to come here and, you know, uh, they're going to go with like a bare bones coaching staff. Right. I mean, he's, he's got to you bring up insecurity, and I think that's a that's a really interesting specific to this job, is because I do believe Brandon Staley was insecure. I don't know him, so this is just me from afar. He behaved like an insecure head coach, and that, that's the one thing Jim Harbaugh is not. He's not going to be worried about bringing in a strong defensive coordinator who might, you know, run his own thing. And uh, well, Jim Harbaugh's not get credit for that. Who the fuck cares? Win games. Coaches are allowed to do their stuff. Now, if Harbaugh doesn't like what they're doing, they'll hear about it, but. They he's attracts good coaches because they know they're going to run their stuff. He's had he's had really good coaches at Michigan. Sharon you know, Moore is going to get the job at Michigan, I'm sure, and he's a really good offensive line coach, offense coordinator, uh, just a guy. Uh, and that, he didn't have personal connection to Harbaugh, but he wanted to come work for him. So I think you'll see that as this, I'm sure the staff's already being put together has in large part over the last few days been put together, and I think you'll see that uh, you know and, and just this. Uh, good coaches do good stuff. Go do it. Go win. And you know it's not going to be lovey, huggy, kissy thing. That's not Jim. But it's going to be go do your best work. And and if there's any athletic executives listening now, and there might be, I have no power anymore at the athletic. Let's make that clear. I'm not claiming credit for anything that's happened since like uh, February 2020. Once once that 
once that the pandemic hit, they said, Kawakami, you've got nothing, no power whatsoever. Just write your stupid stuff and do your stupid podcast. So just want to make that clear. Make that clear. Take no credit for it. I'm not uh, Brandon Staley reaching for any credit here. Uh, but it's going to be a shakeup. You know, it's going to be very – I'm going to be interested how the L.A. media deals with this. Uh, yeah. You know, everything's so guided to the Lakers and, you know, Dodgers, and then we'll see how you – and know, everything else. But, like, how is the L.A. media – gonna kind of like adapt to this kind of new thing going on right in their midst yeah you know i mean i think again maybe the best comp here might be the clippers right who are kind of the second team bomber buys them and i think i've mentioned on the show before bomber is a guy right you talk to him you're like you know this isn't kind of like your typical like bozo sports owner you know where <laughs> you know, he who happened to make like a lot of money like because he was good at investing or inherit stocks, or know. inherit a lot of money Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, this guy's a guy. And yet, um, you know, the weird thing here, and this is what I'm wondering might happen here is, could this be one of those teams that's more important nationally than they are locally? Right. Like the Clippers are obviously they're contending for an NBA title. Uh, you know, so obviously every one of these, you know, TNT every night when they're talking about stuff, the Clippers have to come up uh, locally, you know, and look, our paper just gutted, I think, 115 and there might have even been, you know, it turns out. So our paper couldn't, you know, not we were obviously not greatly managed already. I'm not even, you know, maybe I'll get in trouble for saying this, whatever. But uh, evidently they even screwed up the layoffs because there was like certain things in the union contract that had to be followed. So. Uh, instead of, I guess, bringing people back, they just decided to more fire more people last night. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, one of the casualties, unfortunately, is Jeff Miller, uh, the Chargers beat guy, uh, you know, great, great guy. writer, great, guy, great, great writer. writer. Uh, you know, he was a columnist at the Orange County Register, uh, you know, back when I was in college. I've obviously long admired him. And, uh, you know, we were very fortunate to kind of pick him up when we did. He was kind of a free agent when we had an Angels job opening. And he's done a great job covering this team for the last few years. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, we're – I don't know how – you know, I mean, to be honest, I really don't know what the plan is like in our department. You know, there's another thing, too, where the local radio stations, the morning, the morning programming is nationally syndicated stuff, right? So, you know, I was just dropping off my kid at school thinking, okay, like, let's see if they're talking about Harbaugh. Uh, you know, they were talking about Doc ESPN. They were talking about Doc Rivers, you know, um, Milwaukee Bucks. Which Milwaukee Bucks. Here, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, so it's a, it's a very weird kind of media market right now. Again, I think, you know, um, with L.A., you also have this thing, I think, though, where, you know, you kind of because, OK, maybe, you know, the they're not talking about it on radio. It's not being written about a ton in the paper. That also doesn't mean that they're not like fans of these teams, right? I mean, I remember when the Chargers, you know, first moved up here, um, you know, their first day of training camp, they had like, I think, five, 6,000 people out watching like the first day of practice, right? And, you know, they would talk about how just, you know, when, when this was in San Diego, it was just like a handful of people, you know? And now this, at that point, I had not even seen it like anybody wear like a Chargers jacket or hat or anything in the wild, right? I mean, now like you'll see this like occasionally, but what that kind of stressed to me was just like, yeah, because everybody's kind of so spread out. Sure, you might never see 10 Chargers fans together or five Chargers fans together. But you know what? If there's like one in every neighborhood, <laughs> right, the city's so big, that's still like yeah. a lot of people, you know. And so it's this kind of weird market where you're never quite sure if things are as big as they seem, you know, is it as insignificant as it seems. Again, my suspicion will be, at least initially, 
that this will be a team that's more important nationally than they are locally. But you know what? If you win, that's the thing, right? And, you know, you talk about Harbaugh and kind of the not being afraid and whatever. You Winning is the one thing that kind of solves all that, right? A lot of teams, I kind of figure, I think, you know, they try to gimmick their way into relevance, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they understand, okay, the season's about to start. Uh, you know, Staley last year started talking Super Bowl right before the season. And I think there was, you know, the, people can read the air, right? Like you kind of understand like, okay, nobody's paying attention to us. Like part of my job is to drum up interest, you know. Um, uh, you know, teams will have different types of promotions. They might go sign a player just for the sake of like, hey, we need to bring in a name just to bring in a name without it really being directed at winning, right? And I think um, kind of, right, like with Harbaugh, I think that that's what you want because there's that confidence there. It's this judge me on performance, right? It's not about, well, I'm not going to try to like buy your allegiance in some kind of fake way. It's going to be about, hey, I'm going to produce results. And if you can produce those results, you know, uh, this city, right? And, and obviously you were here, Tim, covering those, you know, those Lakers teams, um, which just kind of completely changed this landscape. Uh, those opportunities are here, right? There's no, I, I think that, this is a tough market to be mediocre in, but this is a great market to be great in, you know? And so, uh, you know, this can completely change everything right now, I think, right? Um, as much as, you know, we're kind of sitting here, okay, it's still the Chargers, something's bound to go wrong. I mean, I'm not going to lie, that's in the back of my head. Uh, but if you win, I think they, there is potential, again, to, to change this so much here. Yeah, and they got money, right? They got money. They can market themselves. They can... They got the stadium, or at least you know they they split the stadium with the Rams, or their second second citizen in, in, in that stadium. It's a beautiful stadium, uh, and they moved there for a reason because it was money, because of the access to the population, because of all these things. Um, and yeah, if you get five percent of LA, that's a lot. That's like bigger than most cities have. Uh, if you get 40 percent of you know Nashville or whatever city we're talking about, that also in Charlotte. Don't want to be mean to those cities, but they just popped in my head. Um, I will say one thing probably that's not going to happen. You might prove me wrong is we're not going to see Harbaugh do a media tour. He's not doing that stuff, right? He's not going to be sitting on the set at ESPN. He did it for Michigan. Sometimes that's contractually like, so they have the games, you have to do some stuff, but he's not doing the, you know, he might go on judge Judy if that's even a show anymore, but that's his favorite show, but you're not going <laughs> to see him pop up on that kind of that, car wash you see other people do to just just hey look at us get us a, listen, we need some attention jim jim's not gonna do that he's gonna do his thing he's gonna try to win games um maybe maybe he does a few sit downs with a few people but not too many and uh it's gonna be very focused it's gonna be very directed uh and we shall see but um it's an, it's gonna be a new thing for la i can't i just phil jackson's the closest different whole level but Phil was kind of the same thing. I'm doing it my way. This is what I do. Now he had Shaq and Kobe in their primes. Very uh, Kobe just starting his prime and Shaq in the middle of his prime uh, as that whole Laker thing started. Slightly different, but and the Lakers are the Lakers. It just is another level entirely when you talk about Lakers. But that personality, that that's you know stubbornness for lack of a better word, that assuredness, confidence, swagger. And if you don't like what I do, who the fuck cares? Because this, this is what I do to win. And I can't, you know, I haven't been around L.A. up close for for a couple decades now, but I was around Phil, and that's what the thing was. And that's what the Lakers needed then. We'll see if it's exactly what the Chargers need, 
is what, what Harbaugh's bringing, but um, that pure confidence. Chip Kelly's got it, but it's UCLA football. It's just a lesser deal. Uh, and, you know, maybe a few other guys in there had it, uh, but, I, you know, Dave Roberts doesn't have it. You know, maybe he's not allowed to have it. You know, uh, you know, I don't know that Darvin Ham has it with, with, with the, the Lakers right now. Ty Lue's probably got it, but, again, it's Clippers. Uh, I just would compare this. In, if you had asked me what hiring does this compare to in L.A., I would say Phil Jackson. And, again, with, with a lot of caveats, but that assuredness. And what, what hiring does it remind me of in, from the Bay Area? It reminds me of Jim Harbaugh being hired by the 49ers. That's, that's what it reminds me of. I'm sorry. I can't be more creative about that one. But that, uh, like when you've experienced that, when you've gone through it, when you've covered it, there's nothing like it. Like Gruden could have sort of been like that the second time with the Raiders, but it was just that was more a coronation than it was actually trying to become a good football team. Um, this is let's just dig it out and get move this thing over the mountain. Uh, again, no guarantee it's happening. It's hard to do. Hey, Shanahan, successful for an still hasn't won a Super Bowl. Maybe that ha- that changes in February. Uh, you know, people bash him for it. I don't bash him for it. I just say, hey, yeah, he is going to be judged by this. You know, in the big picture, you are judged by whether you win a Super Bowl. And, and this Harbaugh thing with the Chargers is going to be judged by that. But uh, it's a better shot at it than they've had, uh, in, I think, in the in the in their whole history. Uh, I mean, you know, they've had some good coach, Marty Schottenheimer and Bobby Ross, whatever these other very good coaches they've had. This is the one they give them the shot. I think the cleanest shot, Harbaugh plus Herbert, to, to win a Super Bowl. Now, press conference next week, you know, you've been through this. You've seen the whole cycle, right, from the beginning to the bitter end. What should we be looking for, uh, if anything, in the, you know. He's not going to give too many specifics, Jim Harbaugh. Somebody was told me, somebody somebody who, uh, I could give a hint, uh, somebody who now works in your market was told me, only an idiot would listen to make any judgments based on what's said on the introductory yeah. press conference. Yes. Um, yes. Is there anything to look for uh, in this, in this presser that might give us any kind of hints well, as to, I mean, you know, like so, you know, he is going to take every question and, and sometimes Jim doesn't do that. So like, you know, this is the first press conference when he was hired by the four and asked him, assuming that, that Alex Smith was out, like he was a free agent. It had gone terribly. You know, what do you do with the quarterback? Oh, I think we got our quarterbacks, Alex Smith. Like, you know, he, he can do that. If you ask the right question, you might get something very specific. I don't know that he's got to do that with the chargers right now. Um, I just think energy level, like you'll feel it. You'll feel it. It's I guarantee you. There's going to be a pulsating energy coming from this. There's going to be like uh, a guy who's had his eye on coming back to the to the NFL. I've said that for nine years, and people in Ann Arbor didn't like it. He's just been looking at the NFL the whole time. He was never going to take his eye off of that. When the right time was going to happen, he was going to go back to the NFL. This is the right time. This is the right team. I, I think you know, like how do the how do the Spanoses react to this? Uh, are they ready for this? I don't know that they're going to, you know, probably one of them's going to talk, but not much. Um, like, are they like taken aback by the just force of personality? I wouldn't think they would be. They just hired them. Uh, I would be curious on like, you know, what specifics he answers about defensive coordinator, about general manager. I know I think they'd like to have a general manager in place by them, but they might not. Um, just just the feel of it. Does it feel right? With the 49ers, it felt huge. It felt big. You know, he was replacing Mike Singletary, who replaced Mike Nolan, and they were not that. They were big personalities, but they were not that. Does does it feel 
like the Chargers can accept this and and, and adjust with it, or are they kind of like, oh my God, what was this? That's I, I'd more be looking at their reactions almost than anything Harbaugh says, because we know what Harbaugh is going to bring. It's going to be, you know, colorful anecdotes. It's going to be, you know, this is, uh, you know, talking about winning the Super Bowls because that's what he wants. I guarantee you that is why he's back in. He wants to win a Super Bowl. Uh, he's always wanted to win a Super Bowl. And it's going to be, you know, forward, 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 not looking back forward. You know, he might talk a little bit about Michigan, probably not that much. Might talk a little bit about, you know, 49ers, probably not that much. It's going to be forward, forward, what they have to do, the kind of players they want. Um, and I'd be more interested, frankly, in just how the Charger staff, the existing Charger staff, not not the coaches because they'll be all changed. I mean, the executives, the guys who are going to be in here for the long term. Well, how do they feel this is? Are, is it a show for them or is it a real moment of change? Uh, I think that's what I would be prepared to really want to witness. Too bad I can't. I got like any energy championship game I got to cover on Sunday. So I can't stay in, down in LA the whole time. Uh, that minor little thing that uh, is going to determine who the NFC uh, NFC champion is. But uh, I will be watching. I will be paying attention. I assume you will be there, Dylan. So, yeah, make it happen, Dylan. Let's, let's see yeah. what you do. I want everyone to be watching you see how you handle it. <laughs> um, speaking of like big moments and stuff, uh, Brock Purdy, your guy. Um, yep, yep. Tough that game. Had, you know, tough game. But he kind of showed what he was made of, I thought, in that in that drive there. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there's a couple things. Yeah, a couple things with that. Like, he cannot throw a wet football. I think, I mean, I, I, that's like they got to figure that out. I don't think they're gonna have to deal with that on Sunday. The the forecast is that it's going to be pretty clear that might change, but um, I think he has issues throwing a wet football as others do, but I think he really does. Obviously, it won't, it won't be a factor if they get the Super Bowl either, it's indoors, but. Uh, one, that's that part. I think you, you file that one down, but two, he, he, he threw six, seven great balls on that last drive. And he just seemed to be different on that last drive. Uh, like he wasn't worried anymore about it. Keeping it like, just, just get the ball and throw it. And, and, and I don't know, I'm not the big, Oh, they never come back. And like, yeah, you want to play well enough that you don't have to come back. If you play so well that you rarely ever have to come back. It's not that big a deal if you don't, because you're you want to play so well that you don't have to. You know, Tom Brady had a lot of mediocre games where he played great at the very end, and I'm not saying he's Tom Brady. He's not, and probably never will be even close. But I'm just saying as an example, all these guys who have these great comebacks, they're like guys who play for mediocre teams who you know missed around for three quarters and then came back in the fourth quarter. It is important that he did it. They had to win the game. Uh, that he threw the ball really well, and also that Kyle Shanahan believed in him. Now, it wasn't really a time to run the ball, and I think you know Green Bay was stacking the line, not outrageously, but they definitely were playing the run. It's one of the reasons why you know they only ran the ball 25 times, and six of them were by Brock Purdy. Like this, that is a non Shanahan kind of stat in a playoff game. He likes to get 30 at least, and he's gone to 40, 45 in some playoff games. Um, but he didn't like with Jimmy Garoppolo had done turned in those first three and a half quarters. I don't know what the, that, that run, that final drive might've been 10 runs. Uh, and Shanahan is like, I still believe this guy ball slip out of his hands. I don't care. They're going to figure it out. And he threw some really nice short passes. Uh, interestingly, Purdy himself yesterday said that he got a little tentative after that first pass was almost picked off. Like he, he just, Something was going on where his reads and 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 when his and his timing, 
think he was getting some pressure throughout the game, not huge pressure, but some pressure. He just felt off. The ball in his hand wasn't feeling good, and he was kind of second-guessing his reads, and that's not Brock Purdy. That's not what makes him great, and it, it got in his head. I think it also got in his head in the Ravens game, which clearly the whole world saw, and he threw four interceptions. There are some issues there, but that last series – was the Brock Purdy we've seen for most of the season. I imagine we're going to see a version of that on Sunday. Um, if he doesn't play like that, then probably, probably going to lose. And there will be a lot of talk about this. And that's fair. That's the result. I don't think it's going to happen again. And I think I kind of was thinking about, like, this just might be some of the best stuff for him because this is a guy that's been written off, overlooked, discarded, undrafted, you know, until the final draft, pick of the draft in, in his year. Um, you know, other people starting over him. He's gone through this. You know, if take, take away the internet discourse, pro football talk, all these things, that's to the side. He's pretty good about not really dealing with that. I'm sure he hears it. But um, the point is that he's gone through this stuff and he's been better every time. I imagine he's going to play a pretty good game. And if he plays a pretty good game, they're going to win the game. Now we'll see. Again, there, there could be some secrets that the Packers unveiled that they showed everyone else on how to play Brock Purdy. And then there were some of the Ravens that I just don't think I chalked the Ravens thing up to that's unique personnel and yeah. not no other team has those things except for the four, four Niners maybe. And the four Niners don't have Kyle Hamilton either. Um, I don't think the lions have that personnel, certainly not in the secondary. There should be stuff there. If they're, you know, absolutely committed to stopping Brock Purdy, then they're going to run the ball Christian McCaffrey. Like, that's what the 49ers do to you. Not having Debo is going to be always a negative if they don't have him. He didn't practice yesterday. We'll see what happens today. He looked – he was running on the side. I know – I think they're going to try to play him. I don't think he's going to be 100%. And obviously, when you have a shoulder injury and you try to play, one hit and you can go right back out again. They should not have a game plan totally designed around Debo. I think it kind of happened against Green Bay – and that is one, you know, one thing about Kyle, he draws up his game plans and then one guy goes out that was key to it. It's it, he, the adjustment sometimes takes a while. Um, I cannot imagine this game plan is going to be wholly featuring Debo Samuel. If he's there, it's an extra, but uh, they got other players like Brandon, Ayuk and George Kittle. And we go down the line. So I think they'll play much better. I think this is, you hate to say like, Oh, wake up call. Well, wake up call in the playoffs. That, that shouldn't happen. But it just was a funky game on Saturday, and if, if things right themselves in the way we've seen from the 49ers, we've seen from Brock Purdy, we've seen from Christian McCaffrey, we've seen from that defense, which did not play well for most of the game on Saturday, I think they win the game. I don't know. I mean, a little, I'm a little less certain after what we saw on Saturday, but I just think they're, they're better, and I think Detroit away from home is going to suffer from that. Um, they're kind of an artificial turf, you know, indoor team. And not that it's going to be messy. Just like you're just not the same team when you're off that turf if you're used to it the whole time. That'd be my take on it. I don't know if you have kind of more critical eye on this. Yeah, no, I mean, just, you know, simply just like, I guess, you know, with, especially like with younger players that have like good mental makeup, which Purdy seems to have. Um, I do kind of think like right adversity and stuff like that is always kind of a good thing. You know, I mean, obviously, Tim, you covered boxing, you know, and right, especially when a guy's kind of in early stages of his career and they start having to face those gatekeeper type guys, right? It's kind of, right, win this one, look good the next one, you know? And I think he, right, he survived this, um, mm -hmm. you know? And if, I think, again, if it's it's one thing if that... You got to survive it, right? You got to survive it. You got to win You got to win. You got to win. You got it, you want it, you know? 
and he did it without, you know, sometimes in boxing, you need the judges to help you. <laughs> here, right? the scoreboard, the scoreboard was was the was the jury here. So, um, and you know that's the thing, right? Is that I think you see with a guy like this, like I actually kind of like the fact that he kind of like like you mentioned, right? He's been through a lot of things. He probably saw some things in this game himself, you know, and and then right because sports are all about adjustment, you know. I'm sure he saw some things, right? I mean, maybe again the wet football was probably I'm sure a factor. But he probably saw some things, and now, right there, now they're going to adjust to him. But he's also going to get the opportunity to adjust back, right? And I kind of feel that, you know, we talked earlier about insecurity and stuff, you know, and just from like what I've seen, kind of over the years covering different guys, is that guy that's secure that knows, like, hey, if I do what I'm supposed to do, I'm going to win. Uh, those are the guys that can, you know, obviously kind of vault themselves forward. Okay, what are they going to try to do to me now? And they can kind of get on with that process instead of just kind of, right, maybe becoming gun shy a little bit or whatever right even the fact that he acknowledged that he became a little gun shy to me again is like a really good sign right i think that'll stop right that'll he'll know how to deal with that i think the next time that comes up um yeah. you know and yeah. again there's somebody yeah, that know. hasn't seen him like a ton just just to see him get through that game i was just kind of again really kind of impressed right and it's it's it to me it kind of confirmed everything that you had talked about this guy right is that everything was kind of going wrong the moment came and he was ready to do it, you know? So yeah. I, I, I like this a lot. I think, you know, I, I agree with you about the lions, you know, I have an odd number of like lions fans, like in my life, you know, <laughs> I mean, none of them are together. Again, you know, you never see four lions fans together in Southern California, but I got a few here and there. And this has been like the greatest like month of their lives. You know, mm -hmm. this, uh, uh, dad, uh, you know, on my kids like soccer team. Right. Uh, one of the parents there. So from Detroit, he's been showing up every week to the games with his Lions hat on. <laughs> he He's delighted. He sees me. That's all he wants to talk about. I'm very happy for him, but I think this might be, like you said, the end of the road. I don't I don't like that secondary. They've given up a ton of yards over the regular season. They're a young I team, think. too. They're a young team. Yeah. They're a young team. They are. You know, yeah. the, this, isn't their, this isn't the one in, in it, uh, yeah. likely. Uh, not, maybe not so for the 49ers, but they are an older team, certainly than than lions uh and um at home not having you know having all this rest not having to fly all over the place uh this is a game they should win this is a game they should win and if they don't win it there will be repercussions you know i'm not saying jobs lost but there will be criticism and the criticism will be fair because this is set up for them to win they're you know, overwhelming favorites to win both their playoff games they barely won the first one their favorites again six and a half whatever it is and um they should win this game and they're built to win these kind of games i've said it i've written it it got a little shaky the last game but they are built to win these games uh and i think you know they are set up to, to get to the super bowl and we'll see what happens then all right Dell, let's wrap this up we've been going long enough i got i got to uh do some things here and uh we'll talk after uh, the jim harbaugh press or maybe yeah. next week we'll see how that all right. goes that's good right, that's show show for today everybody say goodbye dylan bye